A new report is casting light on how much or how little gig workers are paid, specifically those that drive for Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash. The report called Legislated Poverty from Ridefare, which is an advocacy group, found Uber drivers could be getting as little as $6.30 an hour, which is far below the minimum wage in Ontario. Torben Weiditz is the co-founder of uh, Metstrat and researcher with the uh, Ridefare Coalition, joins us now to talk about this. Uh, Torben, appreciate the time today. Thank you for having us. So uh, what did you find in this report? Well, what we did is that uh, we, we started from Uber's claim that drivers in Toronto um, earn $33.35 per engaged hour. Um, when they put this out, this number, in their advertisements and in their communications and their media reports, we started talking to drivers who provided us with screenshots of their pay steps, and that number just made no sense. We then delved into um, data from the City of Toronto and from um, Stats Canada and from um, the CRA, to figure out, okay, what does it actually mean? When they say per engaged hour, we know that in Toronto, for example, drivers spend over 40% of their time unengaged, so you have to subtract that immediately. And then you also have to subtract what it costs to operate your vehicle, um, lease costs, gas, electricity, uh, maintenance costs, insurance costs, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end of the day, drivers in Toronto make about six dollars and and you know a few few cents an hour and that's really what um, you know what this report is about. It takes Uber's number and puts some context around it and explains exactly what that means when Uber says the mean earnings per engaged hour for Toronto drivers is thirty three thirty five. And by mean, we also need to know that half of the mean means that drivers make less. So the the, the situation is really dire, and um, the engaged pay scheme is really just a way of, like, it, it's really a way of digital piecework that they're trying to enable um, across provinces in Canada, really, where they get away with not paying the drivers for the entire time they spend at work on call, um, you know, not paying workers the way any other worker in any other sector would be paid in Canada. Could the numbers that you found be applied to other cities across the country, uh, for like such as London, for example? It, it is very likely that this is the case. Uh, unfortunately, as you can imagine, uh, getting data from Uber is very difficult. The data that we had was data for the city of Toronto that was shared with the city of Toronto um, at one point. Um, we do know, though, that our numbers are very similar to what researchers that have looked into it in a number of other cities in the United States, including um, in the province, in the state of California and in Denver, uh, for example, um, determined um, in the United States. So you know, we feel like it really, it really um, makes a lot of sense that what we see here and what we hear from drivers is that um, you know drivers barely. Uh, break even at the end of the day, at the end of like a, a 12-hour shift. I was uh, reading about this. Uber responded to the report saying uh, the numbers are cherry-picked. What would your response be to that? Well, it's 
it's always the same with gig platforms and, and large platforms. They don't share uh, data ever with anyone unless they're forced to. Um, so it's very easy for them to say that the numbers are cherry-picked. Uh, what we would say is we would welcome um, you know, their data to be public, and they could make data public. When they say cherry-picked, they refer to the data that they shared with the city of Toronto. So, you know, this is the only way that researchers can get access to otherwise proprietary Uber data that, that you know, they fight tooth and nail for not to make public because it would illustrate exactly what we have shown um, to be the case and what researchers have shown to be the case in a number of U.S. cities that drivers are trapped in poverty pay and poverty wages. What did you hear from drivers when you were putting together the report? Well, we have been heard, we have been hearing from drivers all along, and and those are the ones that you know that tell us that this is exactly what's happening, and and it's not surprise, no surprise to them. Um, you know, it's always, you know, it, it it is always an interesting experience when you look at data and you come out with the fancy report, and everyone you talk to says, well, well great job, but you know, I could have told you, right? Like, but sometimes you need to put some data around it to really um, get people's attention. Um, and, um, you know, just put some, some, some flesh on the bones, and um, that's what we have done. What recommendations are you calling for, would you like to see come from this? Well, there are a number of things that can be done. Um, one would be um, for governments to listen to workers, listen to gig workers, and don't spend that much time listening to these big platforms and their high-priced lobbyists when they come and try to sell the government, for example, you know, what we've seen in, in Ontario, a, a model that reforms labor law to carve out uh, gig work and gig workers from existing Employment Standard Act standards. Uh, they want to ensure that they only have to pay gig workers for engaged time, for time when they have a customer in the car. Um, and, um, you know, we want to make sure that this is not going to happen in Ontario. Um, you know, we have seen that in British Columbia, for example, the province there already classified gig workers as employees, and I think this would be uh, a right step to do. Um, do not let these companies get away with misclassifying workers um, and carving out an entire new category uh, of workers in an environment where we see gig work really skyrocket. And I think this is just a recipe for disaster. Uh, and for poverty across Canada, and governments are not in the job. In, 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 you know, they don't have a role to ensure that uh, companies can undermine existing minimum wage laws. We have minimum wage laws in the province of Ontario since 1920, and this is a floor. That doesn't mean that you know um, any other worker can make less than that. If you are a cashier in, the, in a uh, supermarket or if you're a firefighter, whether you are working right now or not, you are on call, you're there with your employer, and you should get paid for the time you're there with your employer. It's an interesting report. I appreciate the time. Thank you very much for having us. That's a Torben White. It's a co-founder of uh, Metstrat and a researcher with the Ridefair Coalition. We need to pause. When we return, we'll have more of The Morning Show with Devin Peacock on 980 CFPL.